Welcome to the Bravo Papers, a safe space for all us Bravo fans who love to analyze, deconstruct, and talk about our favorite Bravo shows ad nauseum. There's no such thing as overanalyzing or reading too much into your favorite Bravo shows and Bravo liberties here. So join me, Bravo and Botox, as I find the depth amongst the shallow. So Kim Zolciak Bierman and her husband Croy are getting a divorce. And that is not my topic for the day. But every episode, you know, if there is some big breaking Bravo news or something to talk about, I'm going to talk about it. So there's a lot of, you know, word on the street and evidence straight up from the show and things that we know about her in the news, etc., that Kim had a big gambling problem. This does not shock me at all. Um, there's a clip floating around on social media about her losing $250,000 at a, I think it's a casino in the Bahamas. So on that note, we know there's some financial issues. The other thing that people are talking about is that she owes, you know, 1.1 million or maybe it was 1 million. I'd have to double check in back taxes. And, you know, that could go hand in hand with the gambling issue because, you know, according to a lot of the fans who watch Tardy for the Party, which was on for quite a bit, eight seasons, there were a lot of red flags, a lot of scenes with her gambling. And I think they did kind of try to portray it in a sort of lighthearted manner. You know, She Speaks Bravo posted on her story today about how if you replaced the background music of the scene where she's gambling away 250k in the Bahamas and you replace that with like a more serious music, dramatic music, it would be like watching an episode of Intervention. And I thought that was such a great point because it really is sad if you stop and think about it. It's especially sad because, you know, they have kids. I think they really did love each other. They seemed like a great couple. Do I think Kim is the most emotionally intelligent woman? No. Do I think she's great with finances? Obviously, also no. And Croy, I mean, he seems like a okay dude. I just feel like he's not the smartest either. And he seemed to kind of be like her doting husband a lot of the time, like following her around, waiting in the car while she's filming scenes, right? That was always the joke. You know, I think Kenya made that joke at one of the reunions. And then the whole idea of like, oh, she they're so codependent, she can't be without him. You know, there's all these red flags everywhere with their relationship. Now, that being said, it seemed to work for them. So, you know, I don't think anyone was particularly concerned about them in terms of a marriage unit, but there were always things floating around about money. 
right? We all saw the news that her house was in foreclosure and then she was posting saying it wasn't in foreclosure and then it was in foreclosure, right? So it's back and forth and back and forth. And now, you know, we see house is in foreclosure, owes a million or so in back taxes, and she's getting a divorce. Now, I don't really understand necessarily the legalities of all of this, but if you are a legal person, any lawyers listening, etc., or you know a lot about finances, bravo and botox at gmail.com, you know, let me know what you know, enlighten me. But I have been reading a little bit on social media, and there was one person who commented on a Twitter post, um, and they were saying that sometimes the filing of the divorce can protect people financially in some way if they separate their assets, uh, you know, or something along those lines. Now, I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but I'm just telling you kind of what people are saying. So that could be something. There could be something to that. Maybe the divorce will work in her favor in some way or help her financially. I It's hard for me to see how it would help him. The other thing that people are kind of talking about is, you know, did she sort of screw him over. So, you know, did she marry him, bleed him dry in terms of money, and then take off? I don't think it's as black and white as that, that the possibility that she was partly attracted to his money and success, and the possibility that she's terrible with money, and so is he, and he just let her spend, you know, gratuitously, and gamble, that's possible, definitely. I mean, you know, a lot of professional athletes, they come into a lot of money and they're not necessarily educated about how to spend it, how to invest it wisely. And a lot of times they have people around them who are bad influences, who are telling them to spend it and waste it, or who are just sucking them dry of their money. And, you know, maybe that's what Kim was to Croy. I don't know. But we will continue following this story and kind of see where it goes. But I have always thought that Kim Zolciak was a reckless spender. I mean, let's be honest. The fact that she had all those like Versace plates in storage and she had tens of thousands of dollars worth of just stuff in storage containers for her quote unquote dream house before she even had a dream house or was even you know, engaged or married to anyone, she already was spending this money like it was hers, you know? And a lot of the stuff she ended up selling, she sold a lot of the bedroom furniture that she had bought, remember in that yard sale? And she was like, oh my God, I spent $10,000 on that headboard for the bed. And then she ended up selling it for like, whatever, 700 bucks or whatever. It was just crazy. She redid her daughter's room in one of the early seasons and spent tens of thousands of dollars on that. So it was just a lot of consumerism, you know, a lot of wasteful spending. I mean, that's kind of what makes her such an entertaining housewife, though, let's be honest. So we will continue following the story. And if there's any other updates, check me out on Instagram at Bravo and Botox. I will be posting every update possible. I'm also going to be doing a Twitter roundup. It might already be out at this point of some of the funniest reactions to Kim. But just to clarify, you know, I'm not happy or think it's a laughing matter when someone gets divorced. The Twitter roundup is more just the reactions to the way that Kim is as a housewife. So let's get into today's Bravo paper. Today's Bravo paper 
is entitled, Who is Raquel Levis? How did she go from Bambi-eyed bitch to What's Up Mistress? That's what I want to explore today. Raquel is such an interesting person. I'm going to refer to the Bravo liberties that I talk about as characters, not because they are characters, they're real people. But the reason I want to refer to them like that is because we're kind of analyzing them sort of like we would characters in a TV show or book or movie. Because let's be honest, we don't know them personally. I mean, some people do, but I don't know them personally. And I can only base my analysis on what I see on the show with careful rewatches, things they say and do on the show, of course, their conflicts, the way they handle them, and other information sources that I gather. Okay. None of this is me coming out and saying, I know all this 100% as facts, or I know this person personally, or my opinions are all 100% correct. These are just theories based on evidence, and based on the information I've gathered. So let's start. I have been taking notes and putting together a lot of information about uh, Miss Levis over the last couple weeks. I know people want me to call her Rachel, but I'm going to say Raquel. I just can't get used to saying Rachel, (laughs) and I might go back and forth between the two, but I'll try to just stick with one. So let's get into it. I want to start with what we do know, which is not a lot, but what we do know about Raquel's childhood. So we know that Raquel was adopted. This has been kind of a storyline that she's talked about on the show. It's been something that she's talked about in interviews. It's, you know, it's out there, right? And it's obviously something that she wants people to know about because it is something interesting. And when you're going on a reality show, you have to find something interesting about yourself to talk about. So we know that she was adopted. And this is a direct quote from BravoTV.com. Okay, so I'm going to read what Raquel says about her adoption and what happened to her. She says, my mom, Laura, couldn't conceive. So when her younger sister, Susan, had an unplanned pregnancy with me, she offered to have me for my mom. Susan had my biological half-sister, Kate. And my half-brother, David, about a decade before she was pregnant with me. And since she was done having kids, my parents adopted me at birth. Two exclamation points, by the way. Which is so Raquel. So, she's been adopted. But not from, like, an unknown birth mother who's, you know, some random anonymous person. Her adoption comes from her mother to her aunt. Sorry, I didn't say that well, but basically her mom had already had two kids, one boy and one girl, which I do think is interesting. Her mom has already had a boy and a girl and is kind of like, I'm done. Okay. I'm done having kids. I don't want a third. I guess gets pregnant somehow. Maybe it was unexpected. It was unplanned, obviously. Well, Raquel says it was unplanned. Maybe she thought she couldn't get pregnant anymore. Who knows what the situation was? But the point is that she did, and her sister really wanted a baby. So basically, her sister has her and gives her to her sister. Okay? So Susan gives her sister her baby to Kate. Okay? This is a strange situation. I'm not saying that it's a bad situation. I'm not judging it morally because at the end of the day, as long as the child 
is in a happy, healthy home with a mom or a parent of any kind that wants them and loves them. That's all that matters. But I do just want to keep this in mind because it is something that could have had an effect on the way that Raquel thinks about herself, right? If you were the only kid of your mom's three children that she decided to give away, I'm sure that would have some psychological effect on you, especially if your adopted mom is really your aunt and you know that that's your aunt. And you also know that your mom is a mom to two other kids that she kept and has cared for. That can't be easy. Now, I'm sure Raquel grew up with her adopted mom. That's her mother. That's what she's used to. That's her normal, right? But there is some underlying issues that can come along with that. So I found this really interesting theory that was posted on Reddit by NoCheesecake7549. And this person put a little bit of a, I don't know what we want to call it, a mini essay about some insights into, you know, what it might be like to be an adopted child and to deal with some of these issues. So I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to give you kind of an overview. So this person was adopted and they wrote a little bit about the way that it affected them psychologically saying that made them into sort of a love addict or more accurately addicted to being beloved, particularly when loving me was at the other person's expense or was risky for them. The person who wrote this writes, you know, Rachel, Raquel is also adopted. When you're giving up, when you're given up by your mother at birth and live with that your whole life, you start to question whether or not you are lovable. This is something, and you know, I did a little bit of Google searching on it, but this is something that adopted children deal with. Not all, not 100%, but many do. The Redditor who wrote this, um, NoCheesecake7549, also posted that, you know, she or he or they had some also destructive tendencies, um, things that they would do to kind of get attention, high-risk behaviors, you know, wanting people who would risk everything for them, even if it was like dangerous or illegal, etc. And they do say as a warning that they are certainly not trying to speak for all adopted people. Don't get it twisted. They're just sharing their experience and connecting it to Raquel's history. They also say that not all adopted people have trauma or these tendencies. And, you know, there's a lot of people raised by their biological parents who have trauma and who have dangerous tendencies or dysfunctional, toxic relationships as well. So I think the Redditor who wrote this is just trying to say that this is their adoption experience and they can see some similarities. They also say that they are not excusing the behavior and they are an Ariana fan, um, but they do have theories on why this might happen. So this is something that I want to say as well as I'm going through my uh, Raquel analysis Bravo paper today. I am not excusing any of Raquel's actions, and I am certainly not Team Raquel, trust me. I am talking about the reasons for actions. So whenever I do these analyses, that's really what I'm looking at is why do people do these things? Where does all this originate from? These are not excuses, but reasons, and excuses and reasons are different. There are reasons that people grow up sometimes with, you know, low amounts of empathy. 
or that some people turn to a life of crime, etc. Does it excuse everything they did and mean that we should all just forgive them and let them happen? Absolutely not. But there are reasons. So that is something I just want to keep in mind as we go forward. So that's a little bit about um, Raquel's childhood, which I do think is interesting. And I wanted to kind of set that up because later I am going to be bringing up her family a little bit more as we see them on the show. Okay, so, you know, I don't have necessarily different or inside information that isn't on the show, but there were some things I noticed with some of the scenes that they filmed that I thought were interesting, um, especially in relation to Scandaval. Let's also take a look quickly at Raquel's timeline on Vanderpump Rules. In season five, she was a guest. Yes, season five. I was actually really surprised when I saw that because I just, in my mind, she's such a new cast member. I was like, no, she didn't come on till like season seven. And then when I looked that up, I was like, damn, she's been around a long time. Now, the reason is because she was not a series regular until seasons nine and 10, which is currently on. So we didn't see her a ton, especially at the beginning. So season five, she's a guest. Season six, seven, eight, she's recurring. And then, like I just said, nine and 10, series regular. Okay. So she really did climb up the ladder, right? She didn't come on like Lala, who just was kind of this independent bombshell who came in and just kind of you know, took the show by storm. You know, she didn't come on like Brittany, who, yeah, was a girlfriend, but was very well liked pretty much right away by the group. She had a little bit of a different journey. She was not easily accepted into the group right away. And she kind of had to claw her way in. And a lot of it is a little bit artificial, which to me, ties into everything that has happened with Tom Sandoval. I don't think that Raquel had a natural rapport with this group. She just didn't. That is something that I don't know as a fact, but it's something that I see. It's not like she came in and had such great chemistry and banter with Lala, Katie, Stassi, Kristen, or anyone else. She really didn't. Her personality, her vibe, she just didn't really fit in. Some people come in and they fit. Some people come into a friend group and they don't fit. That's just life. That's real. So I do see kind of why she struggled in that sense. And in season five, you know, we really don't see a lot of her. She's a very small side character. So I'm not going to go into season five a lot. And season six, yeah, she's recurring. She's there. We kind of see her in the background, stuff like that. But Again, it's not anything super significant. It's really, though, season six that I think was Raquel's inspiration that she could be more than James Kennedy's girlfriend. So in season six, this is the season where the infamous season where we find out the Jacks cheated on Brittany with Faith. In season six, Jax and Brittany are kind of off and on and going back and forth. And the girls in the group have really formed a tight friendship, okay, with Brittany. They love Brittany. Ariana, Sheena, they all love Brittany. And Brittany's almost like, it's like she's the glue that holds all the girls together. Because even all these girls don't always mesh all the time. And they're going back and forth with arguments and dislikes and likes and 
you know, one day Kristen's in, then she's out. Sheena's in, then she's out. Stassi's out, then Stassi's in. So, you know, this group is like that. And Brittany seems to be a glue. And it becomes clear in season six that even if Jackson and Brittany broke up, Brittany possibly, very possibly, could have maintained her place on the show. I'm not saying forever because we all know what happened eventually, but I'm just talking about at this time during season six. So we do sort of see somebody kind of infiltrate the group later, fit in easily, and the girls on the show are literally trying to break Jax and Brittany up, right? They're telling Brittany, like, you're too good for him. You don't have to put up with him and him cheating and this and that, right? So they're really pushing for this. So they must know that, you know, she'll probably get to stay on the show. She'll probably get to maintain kind of her own character arc of like life after Jax and being single. Again, we don't know that 100% because the only people that really make that decision are the producers. But, you know, that being said, there's a pretty good shot. And overall in season seven, we really see Jax and Brittany and how Brittany has kind of taken Jax from the quote unquote bad guy to a more sympathetic character and their wedding is featured too. So I do think that this is kind of like a turning point in the show as well. So no, Brittany didn't ever really do the single thing. She ended up staying with Jax and then we know Jax's dad passed away and then we know that um, he became a little bit more sympathetic in season seven. And on top of that, Brittany has really become a series regular. Like I said, the girls love her. She's in the group. And I do think that Raquel kind of wanted to pull a Brittany. This is my theory for our Bravo paper. So in season seven, the Pride episode of that season, there is this whole storyline. And these are some clues to why Raquel may have acted so quote-unquote stupid, as Lala and others said. Okay, so on the Pride episode, we have the accusation that James slept with Hope while Raquel was asleep in the next room. Sound familiar? And, you know, Raquel doesn't really seem like she's willing to accept this. She, She gets all upset when she's confronted with it. And Hope literally tells Raquel to her face. She says, and Raquel's response is very interesting. She goes up to James. She's all upset. She's almost in tears. And she says that she hates people talking shit about him. But she doesn't say anything about hating that he may have cheated. Or anything about the accusation, actually. And I thought that was really strange. My first instinct would be, did you sleep with this girl? Did you cheat on me? And I would be so mad at him and, you know, and I don't know, maybe all that happened behind closed doors and we didn't see it. Very possible. Okay. But I will say that on camera, she says she hates people talking about him. She goes outside, she cries to James and she says, why do I have to deal with all this shit seriously? This is really weird to me because, first of all, there's little to no tears when she says this that I could see and I looked, I rewatched, I looked. But maybe there are. I'm not always the best at um, telling with that kind of thing. But again, it's why do I have to deal with it? It's not why are you cheating on me? It's why do I have to deal with it? As in, 
I don't want to hear about it. It's very like Carmela Soprano, right? When her and Tony finally, if you were a Sopranos fan, her and Tony finally get back together after they're separated and she basically says to him, yeah, you can go do your thing, but these women better not be calling the house and I don't want to know about it. And, you know, a lot of people just kind of chalked that up at the time to Raquel being dumb. Lala calls Raquel dumb for not accepting the evidence that is literally right in front of her face. Raquel says, Raquel even responds to that and says Lala is not supportive of other women, which is weird because Raquel just finished saying Hope is crazy and she's a liar. And Raquel also says that she does not believe Lala who also says that she was there when James and Hope hooked up. So now she has two women telling her that this happened and that they were there, firsthand witnesses, straight from the horse's mouth and a witness being Lala. Okay, this is not like a word of mouth broken telephone. Yet Raquel does not accept it. She even says in her confessional, and I quote, if I believe Hope, I have to break up with James. Clearly, she doesn't want to break it off. Now, I'm not trying to judge her for this because a lot of people and women have been in this situation where you love a guy so much that you'd almost rather not know about it or not accept it, especially like when you're young, you're in your 20s, you know, you're maybe not as independent and not as secure as you are when you're older, right? A lot of people do go through those phases. And I don't fault people for that. It's called being a human. Um, but that being said, this is a little extreme. It's on camera. She's got multiple people telling her. And I've yet to hear her say, I'm upset James cheated on me or get mad at James directly for the action of cheating. It's all just about if I believe it, I hate that people are talking about it, etc. So this could just be her wanting to be in denial, but it could be something else too. And this is what I'm hypothesizing for the episode. It could be that she wants to stay on the show. She knows at this point in season seven, where she hasn't really established any real friendships with the main girls on the cast. They all just kind of think she's like James's dumb girlfriend. And if she breaks up with James now, she's off the show. She doesn't have what Brittany has. She doesn't have that ability to stay. There's no staying power. So let's go to episode three of season seven, Girls' Night. The girls do invite Raquel out. And it seems like, you know, they're just kind of trying to be nice. She's James's girlfriend. You know, maybe they feel bad about what happened with Pride. Um, so they actually say, <laughs> I can't remember which one says this, but one of them says, okay, let's invite her. We'll try to quote unquote, figure her out. Kind of implying that they're also confused about who she is, which I was too when I first watched her. I have to admit, I chalked it up to she's just really, really not intelligent. And James is taking advantage of her. But now that time has gone on, I don't know if I really believe that. And that's what I'm really exploring today. Um, Ariana says something else that I thought was interesting. Says she doesn't have any girlfriends. That's a red flag to me. Now, this could be Ariana could have meant she doesn't have girlfriends in L.A. But, you know, it's interesting because we don't 
really like hear or see a lot about other girlfriends. You know what I should have done is looked through her inst- her Instagram at some of her older posts. But like people like Katie and Ariana, like you see them when they're posting. They have so many different friends that we'd never see on the show or that we just recognize from social media. Right. Same as Kristen, like all of them. And I don't know. Do we see that from Markel? Let me know if you've looked into it. Anyways, so just something to keep in mind. So Raquel shows up to the girls' night, and to be fair, because I know everybody loves to call Katie and those girls the mean girls, they're actually all really nice and really welcoming to her, especially Katie, who actually compliments her sparkly dress and is like, oh, like all excited and happy to see her. So can we give Katie some credit? Because I feel like she gets painted as this mean girl, and she's actually not. Yeah, she has her moments, but they all do, in my opinion. So Kristen is the only one who's not really welcoming, actually, to Raquel in this moment because Kristen is really not about James right now, which to this day she's not. (laughs) And she's on her mission to, like, destroy James, get James out of the group. So Ariana and Brittany take her aside to talk about the situation with James. And Ariana really does try to get to know her on a deeper level, tries to bond with her, and really, Raquel just kind of blames his James, blames James's drinking for everything. So not much different from what we've seen in the more recent seasons. And then Stassi mentions in her confessionals that she really sees herself in Raquel because when she was in the relationship with Patrick, who, by the way, is like one of the worst guys that has ever been on TV. But anyways, he would talk down to her. But I, I don't see that. I really think Stasi is projecting because she's just a completely different type of person from Mikkel. You know, Stasi and these other girls like Katie, Kristen, even Lala and Ariana, because they were on it so early, they are the original stars, okay? If anything, they're the ones who would get used by guys to get on the show. And... I think with Raquel and James, it's the other way around. And that's what I think Stasi maybe doesn't see in this moment is that, no, 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 no. Some people might use you girls to get on the show. I think James is using, I mean, sorry, Raquel is using James. Raquel also says, and this is a big theme across Raquel's confessionals. She says, same episode, that Lala makes her feel, quote unquote, powerless. This is kind of the beginning of of, uh, Raquel painting Lala as the villain, which I do find that on these reality shows, when you get girls like Raquel who are trying to be the kind of sweet, nice girl, they always have to find a villain that they can sort of juxtapose themselves with. Lala's an easy one, right? Lala's abrasive. She says whatever she's thinking. She throws out insults. She's really quick. She's quick to anger. You know, she, I don't know if she was sober yet at this point, but either way, you know, she's really the opposite of Raquel. And Raquel, I think, really tries to prop herself up as kind of Lala's victim. And I'm not saying that Lala wasn't wrong and mean with a lot of the stuff that she said to Raquel. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that Raquel used that to her advantage. You know, Raquel really, this is her moment to establish a storyline. 
Her storyline is, I have conflict with Lala. Lala's mean to me. Lala calls me stupid. Lala calls me dumb. And this becomes kind of the storyline of how, you know, being called stupid hurts her so much. She starts telling James about it. They have a nice little film scene on the couch where she talks about how she had to, you know, retake her multiplication tables and how this hurts her so much. And, you know, this is kind of her first independent story. So up until this point, she's never had a storyline that wasn't in relationship to James. And this is where she starts to kind of, you know, branch out a little bit. And every good reality star has some kind of story from their past that can make them connect with the viewers, right? So, you know, I think this is where I start to see Raquel as being a little bit more savvy than maybe we ever gave her credit for. And I don't mean that as a compliment, by the way. Now, because of James's behavior where he, you know, basically swore at Katie, and I think this was when he told her she she shouldn't be wearing those shorts because she's overweight or whatever he disgusting thing he said, he's uninvited to Ariana and Stassi's joint birthday party. And he's really, really upset about it. If there's one thing about James, it's that he hates being left out of things. Right. Even think about the current season, season 10. He's like the first person to go up and comfort Katie and text her to check in with her because he feels bad that she's left out. Right. Like he hates when people are left out, even if they deserve it. And I don't think Katie did deserve it, by the way. But even if they deserve it, he just doesn't like it. Now, the interesting part about this, and I have this highlighted in my notes Raquel goes anyways. So even though James is uninvited to Ariana and Stassi's joint birthday party, and he's the only one not invited, his girlfriend, who has had one little outing of drinks with these girls and doesn't really know them that well, doesn't have a close friendship, goes anyways. I think that's very strange. LVP even says to James, they meet up and they talk about his behavior and his issues with drinking. And LVP says, oh, she's going without you? That's strange. And James doesn't reply. He just has kind of a look on his face that you can tell he's not happy about this. But he says to LVP, you know, he's got bigger problems to worry about. Because I think at this time he's so worried about losing See You Next Tuesday and about losing his job and all that, that he's just, he can't even worry. You know, it's one of those problems. Like, you know, when you have so many things to worry about, you got to take something off your shoulders. And I think that's the one that he had to take off for now. And I do think that he probably to a point supported Raquel in kind of maintaining a tie to the group so that maybe he could get back in too. Okay. So it's not like James is like this innocent little puppy, but you know, that being said, it's still his girlfriend. And I still think that her show of support would mean something to him and keep this in mind because it comes up again later. So in episode nine of season seven, um, James has officially lost See You Next Tuesday. He's been fired. I think this is where Katie kind of puts her foot down about him calling her fat. And LVP is like, you know, has to put her foot down as well. And at this time, Ariana and Katie are having their Tuesday night 
girls' night at Sir. So I don't know if you remember this from season seven, but James loses his See You Next Tuesday, and a lot of the staff, um, Cough, Sheena, are complaining that, you know, oh, Tuesdays were such a great night. James came, he DJed, we made so much money. So Ariana, Katie, etc., decide to do, I think it was called Girls' Night In. And on the Girls' Night In, they're going to host it, and it ends up being like a rager and this great night. So we find out that James has lost it and he's crying and he's upset. And Raquel says to James, she is going to go to the first girls night in at Sir. I think this is crazy. Like, I don't know about you guys, but that is crazy to me. Like if my husband was a DJ and actually fun fact, he used to be and DJ in restaurants sometimes when we were in our 20s. If he had lost his job and he was literally in tears about it and he was so upset and I was like, okay, well, the girls who took your night and are DJing said of you, I'm going to go and see the new DJ that took your job and the new role and have fun with them. Honestly, I wouldn't blame him if he was mad. So rightly so, James is actually pissed. So unlike the last one where LVP said it was strange and he didn't really react, this time he's actually mad. He's devastated by the loss of See You Next Tuesday, but she tries to justify it to him. And I'm sorry, but in this moment, that whole narrative that she wrote about James being controlling, it doesn't really sound like that at this point. I'm not saying that he didn't have controlling tendencies because James definitely had controlling tendencies, but... She seems like she has some pretty good agency at this moment, you know, and she says she's going and I believe that she goes. So there you go. So in episode 15, we're going to move along here. um, James confides in Raquel that he's really hurt that he's been left out and he feels like Katie is trying to phase him out of the group. Raquel doesn't really show any compassion at this point like she doesn't say anything to comfort him or anything like oh that must make you feel bad or anything like that now that could just be her face i don't know she always has kind of that same blank face a lot of the time she's hard to read i don't know if that's a lack of empathy i don't know if that's just her face like i was just saying so whatever anyways let's just chalk it up to we don't know but what she does say is very interesting she says to him he needs to fix it Because it's making it hard for her to get closer with the girls. So let me repeat. He needs to fix it. Not so he can get his job back and so that he can be friends with his friends again and not be left out of his friend group. But because he's making it hard for her to become closer with the girls. She then kind of tries to back that up by saying that she doesn't have female friends in L.A., And James looks hurt when she says that. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry. Am I making things harder for you? Right. So I think at that point, he's a little bit annoyed that, you know, he's having this issue and she's not supporting him. She's just making him feel kind of even more bad about it by saying like, yeah, on top of the fact that you've lost all your friends, now I'm losing them too. And I can see that. Like if I was confiding to my husband or partner about, a fight I was having with my friends. And then instead of making me feel better, he went, yeah, you're making it harder for me too. Like, how would that feel? That would feel terrible. And again, a lot of this is James's fault. He shouldn't have called Katie fat. And 
he needed to get control of his drinking. But at the same time, she's choosing to stay with him. So if you're choosing to stay with him, despite all that, then you're choosing to stay with what comes along with it. So she says again, after he says, oh, sorry, am I making this harder for you? She responds, yeah, it's making it harder for me to get into this group, which I also find very interesting. So it seems like it's really about infiltrating the group more than anything else. Again, it doesn't sound like it's about making friends and connections. It just sounds like it's, I got to get my way in there. In this episode as well, Lala says that she can tell, and this is season seven, episode 15. I can't remember what the context is, and I believe it's in a confessional, but she says she can tell Raquel doesn't support women and that she's not a girl's girl. Okay. It's something along those lines, not in those exact words, but something like that, she had her clocked. Just to give Lala some credit. Listen, I'm not always team Lala. I know she says a lot of things that are hypocritical. I know a lot of people have issues with her, but she did have Raquel clocked. We got to give her that. Okay. We have to give her it. Now we get to the infamous puppy party. All right. So we all know everybody is confused about <laughs> what this puppy party is. Um, but Raquel and James decide to throw kind of like a housewarming slash come meet our new puppy Graham. And the timing is kind of strange to me because her and James are not really getting along with anyone in the group, yet they decide to throw this party. Yes, they're trying to mend things, so I'll give them that, but it's sort of like, what did they expect? Because then Raquel's sort of all upset that no one wants to come, and it's kind of like, well, literally everyone's in a fight with your boyfriend. And on top of being in fight with your boyfriend, they're actually trying to cut him out of the group, so they're probably not going to come to the party. But, I mean, it feels like to me Raquel's kind of using the dog and, oh, look at my cute puppy to sort, of, to sort of bridge some of these relationships, which whatever. In her confessional, she says, and I quote, it kind of sucks that James's relationship with these people is affecting my relationship with these people. There we go again. It's all about how James is affecting her relationship with others. So, Am I blaming her for that 100%? No, because if you're in a relationship with somebody who's dysfunctional and because of that, they're ruining some of your relationships and friendships. Yeah, I get that. That makes complete sense, right? It's kind of like on um, Winter House when Paige says like, you know, she's embarrassed for things that Craig does. I totally get that. But this is a little different because these are not really her friends. These are James's friends. That's the big difference. It's not like she has, you know, 15 years of friendship with these people already and that she loves them so much and cares about them so much in their opinions. It's not, that's not the situation. That's James's situation. But instead of kind of, it seems like instead of focusing on helping James get better at this point, she's more focused on just bridging her relationship. And yes, I give her credit for like putting her foot down about the drinking and stuff later. But at this point, it's more like, let me just ignore all the bad stuff he's doing and see if I can just get back in favor with these people. At the puppy party, <laughs> this is one interesting thing that I noted about Raquel's mom. Um, 
so she's hitting on Peter, like, hardcore. And James kind of makes a comment about, like, oh, yeah, Raquel's mom does that. Like, she's kind of like this kooky lady who, like, hits on all the guys. And then they flash to her hitting on James in the past. And it's it's really awkward. She's literally, like, touching Peter and, like, trying to unbutton his shirt. And it's it's weird. Okay. I don't know. There's something about this family, maybe, with male attention. I don't know. Now, hopefully her mom is just, you know, gets a little tipsy and is being silly, but, like, she's, you know, she shouldn't be touching people. It's one thing to, like, make maybe a little joke, like, oh, look, Peter's cute. I'm sure Peter would laugh it off and he wouldn't care. But, you know, it kind of looked like it was borderline getting to a place where it shouldn't be. Um, But yeah, she's literally like touching, unbuttoning his shirts. It seems like there's some desire for male attention. And clearly, like her mom kind of looks at that as like a fun joke thing. And I do see that with Raquel a lot. There's this desire for male attention. She does it in a different way, but it's there. Then we get to the reunion, the ruffle dress. Andy asks Raquel after she comes out for her little cameo, And she comes out in this ruffle dress and she's like, look at me. And it's like, she is not this shy, innocent little wallflower. She is like strutting out. She wants that attention. She knows she's hot, whatever. And I don't even fault her for all that. But it's just so inconsistent with the opinion that a lot of the audience, including myself, tried to paint her with for all those years. Right? She comes out. And Andy asks Raquel, what does Hope have to gain by making up lies about sleeping with James? James says, oh, well, Hope just wants to be on the show, you know. And Katie replies, yeah, just like Raquel. Oh, I'm just saying, that's what Katie said. Okay, anyways, Raquel replies and even kind of justifies that a little. And she's like, listen, you know, I can understand why people would think that. Here's this beauty queen who wants her moment in the limelight. And I can see why you think here's this beauty queen who wants to be on the show. And then she gets cut off by Jackson James arguing. That was her direct quote, by the way. It didn't really make a lot of sense. Um, but maybe if she hadn't gotten caught, cut off, she would have been able to finish. But she does finally get to continue after the, <laughs> the shouting match settles down. And then she finishes by saying, and I'm quoting, It's situations like these that make me more vulnerable, that push me to grow into a better person. What? What is she talking about? I don't even know what situation she's talking about. It did not relate to the fight between Jax and James at all. Trust me, I was paying close attention. And she stopped by saying, like, I can see why people would think I'm this beauty queen who wants to be on the show. But it's situations like these that make me more vulnerable, that push me to grow into a better person. I I don't know if she meant for those to be two separate thoughts or those were supposed to connect, but there's a little bit of a disconnect there. So I feel like she just had this line kind of rehearsed ahead of time, which a lot of people have said that about her, right? She seems like she's she has trouble, you know, with communication, with oral communication, you know, she's she's not the greatest at expressing her thoughts verbally. And there's a lot of people who struggle with that. So I don't fault her for that. 
But I do think she kind of had this like rehearsed as part of her storyline. And when it got cut off by the fight between James and Jax, it was sort of like she just kept going with it. That could also be the pageant girl in her right? Everything is kind of rehearsed. Here's my image, carefully constructed. And that's why that's why I'm here today doing this, questioning everything I've seen about her. Because I'm trying to figure out what's authentic and what's not. So Lala then says, and this is jarring to say the least, <laughs> um, you know, that Raquel needs to basically open her eyes because James has clearly cheated on her. And she says that she literally saw James sucking on a boob in Canada at a club. Shout out Canada because I'm Canadian. And James (laughs) obviously denies this. But why would Lala make this up? She just wouldn't. I'm sorry. She just wouldn't. There's a lot of things you can say about Lala. Do I think she sometimes denies truths that are right in front of her. Yeah. Do I think that she is good at like just pretending things that she doesn't want to see aren't happening? Yeah, she did that for a long time. But do I think that she's just like a bold faced liar who would just make up a story like that? I really don't. And it's so specific. <laughs> that It's almost like, okay, I think it's probably true. And then Stasi says to Raquel that she can't imagine someone making all these accusations about her man and then just shrugging it off like Raquel. Ariana kind of intervenes and tries to help Raquel, which just makes everything that's happened recently so much more painful. Um, because how many times have I already kind of said Ariana did this? Ariana jumped in and said that, right? So we see like Ariana's always ridden for her, rode for her, rode for her, okay? She even was one of the only people that attended the puppy party. So Ariana intervenes and said that, and this is interesting, said that once Raquel moved in with James and officially moved to LA, that was their fresh start and that everything before that is erased. So if he did cheat in Canada or with Hope or with whoever, if it was before they lived together, it was all erased. And Ariana is not making this up. She was told this by Raquel. That sounds like a justification to me. Is she the first woman in the world who's justifying a guy's cheating so that they can stay with them because they love them? Absolutely not. Is it possibly because she wants to move to LA and be on Vanderpump Rules? More likely, in my opinion. And again, this is my analysis, my opinion. I don't know if I'm 100% correct. No one will ever know because I can't read Raquel's mind. All I can do is formulate an opinion off of what I see. So Raquel admits that she does think that James probably cheated her on on her in the past before she moved to L.A., which is kind of like a little bit of a moment because I think we've all just been dying for her to at least (laughs) cop to it a little bit. It was kind of like Teresa and Joe Judice, like it was right there and we just wanted her to cop to it once. Right. And then when she finally did at the shore house, she was like, yeah, he probably cheated on me. People were like, thank you. So she does say, though, that, you know, she's moved to L.A. They're living together. Fresh start. Kind of co-signs Ariana. And then this is where Raquel tells us that she wants to get her master's in occupational therapy and she wants to help kids with special needs. She didn't. Spoiler alert, 
instead we know she started working at Sir. Andy asks Stasi if she thinks Raquel is smart, and she replies, I don't know her. And she even says, I would love to get to know you. I wish you'd come to my puppy party. Sorry, Raquel says that. <laughs> I would love to get to know you. I wish you'd come to my puppy party. And everyone laughs, and it's kind of like a cute moment. And I do think that this is the first time that Raquel becomes less of just like James's dumb girlfriend to the audience and a little bit more endearing. And she was smart. People love cute puppies. I know that sounds so simplistic, but it's true. People love cute puppies. Raquel is pretty. She's got pretty privilege. Pretty privilege is real. And, you know, she says that in like with this like the cute little smirk on her face and everyone giggles. Lala says James called her a see you next Tuesday, by the way. And this is why, sorry, this is on another note. Okay. Lala chimes in and says, I don't think Raquel is a girl's girl because James called me a see you next Tuesday when we were out for dinner. This was off camera and my dad was there. So I guess James was drinking, lost his temper, I think, called Lala this in front of her dad. This was before he had passed. And Raquel sat there and said nothing. Lala's dad got up from the table and left because he was so offended. Now, is it Raquel's job to control James? Absolutely not. But I do understand because on this podcast, we look at the nuances and the gray. Okay. Nothing is going to be black and white. This person is 100% wrong. This person's 100% right, right? There are, those situations exist in the world. Don't get me wrong. But I'm going to try to look at, you know, things like the intentions, what, where people might be coming from, try to give them a little bit of a benefit of the doubt. I do think that Lala kind of thought if my boyfriend called someone to see you next Tuesday, like one of his female friends, I'd give him a little smack on the arm. Like, why would you say that? You know, I think that's what Lala meant. I don't think she meant it was Raquel's responsibility. Either way, she said Raquel sat there, said nothing. So just a side note, James is absolutely off his rocker at this reunion. Basically, the entire cast is against him. <laughs> Um, and he even gives attitude to Andy. So Raquel, when she does have her little small segment at this reunion, she does, she does try to help him and she does justify why she stands by him. A lot of it revolves around the drinking, you know, he's a good person when he doesn't drink and that kind of thing. So keep in mind, season seven is also the season where Lala calls Raquel Bambi-eyed bitch. Um, which has obviously gone down as like one of the most iconic insults in Vanderpump Rules and Bravo history. People say it all the time. You know, once the scandal hit, it was trending on Twitter. It's one of those things, right? You would think that, you know, this might embarrass Raquel a little bit or something like that. But she actually, after season seven wraps, she posted on her Instagram. She was pictured at Coachella. And she's wearing a necklace that says Bambi on it, which I think that's kind of funny. It's funny in the sense that she's making a joke about it, but it's also funny that she's taking the thing that Lala came up with and kind of putting it onto herself. 
So let me explain what I mean. It's sort of like that was Lala's line, right? And yes, I understand Raquel is the person who got called that. I get that. But that is kind of like Lala's iconic line. And Raquel, she just doesn't really have any iconic moments because she's just she's just not like a reality star. Okay, she's just not. She doesn't have that it factor, that star quality. If anything, she's really awkward and uncomfortable on camera and oftentimes hard to watch. And, you know, she has to rehearse like 50 times in order to get a sentence out on camera. That's just the truth. So it's funny that she kind of took the one iconic thing she can grasp onto, which was an insult towards her and put it on her necklace. <laughs> okay. Now, I know a lot of people might be like, oh, yeah, well, she's trying to own the insult, etc. Yeah, I get that. But, you know, it's still... I think she likes the attention, right? She definitely, that's just kind of, we're trying to put together like a puzzle of all the little pieces of her character to figure out who she really is underneath. And I think that's a little piece of the puzzle. She also posts a picture of a sleeping baby deer during this time. So we have another reference to the Bambi thing. It's like a little baby deer. It looks like Bambi. Anyways, so again, she's clout chasing here. You know, she's using her platform she obviously cares about being on this show. Okay, she's not just there because she's James's girlfriend. She's not just there until she gets her master's and then she could go help little kids. That's not really the whole truth, is it? She also, during this time, adds official cast member of Vanderpump Rules to her Instagram bio. And during this time, after season seven has wrapped, but before season eight, Lala goes on Heather McDonald's podcast and calls Raquel quote-unquote, desperate. Heather asks if Raquel is really in love with James, and Lala says she doubts it and that she desperately wants to be on TV. Remembers when her and James were close and he first started dating Raquel, Lala said she was at home and they FaceTimed with James, and Raquel's mom went insane, screaming like a fan on FaceTime, saying, I can't believe I'm FaceTiming with Lala! So this isn't just like a girl who happened to get on the show because she happens to be dating a guy on the show and she's, you know, just smartly taking advantage of an opportunity. This is more than that. I'm seeing a pattern. I think there's some deliberate sort of planning and plotting going on. Now, if she was a fully good person and didn't do what she did to Ariana recently we could look at this in a completely different perspective. We could look at this from a perspective of like a woman who, you know, used an opportunity that was in front of her, seized the day, did something really cool with her life, made a name for herself. But that's not really the road it went down. Okay. It went down a very different road that involved destroying another woman to get there. So let's continue. So now we're into season eight. In season eight, which let me just go back up to the top. Season eight filmed in summer of 2019. And then they had their virtual reunion in 2020. There was no filming in 2020. So we have pandemic times, a little bit of a hiatus. And in season eight is really when things started to change in Raquel's favor, actually. So overall, people are watching during the pandemic. There's a lot of social change societal attitudes are changing. People were really fed up with the main cast. People wanted a shake up 
And this was Raquel's real chance to get in. She was one of the only ones that wasn't bothering the audience and that people wanted to stay. Obviously, we all have a different viewpoint now in 2023, but I am talking about popular opinion at the time. So we hear around this time that Raquel's working at Sir, and LVP tells us that Raquel had requested to work at Sir many times, which is interesting because she was really, you know, all about at the reunion about how she's going to become, uh, I think it's an occupational therapist and all this other stuff and, you know, her goals in life and competing in pageants and, you know, wrapping up her degree and then pursuing that. So at this point, Raquel has begun working at Sir, and Raquel admits that her working at Sir is a huge trigger for James. She says that he almost cries when she leaves and puts on her uniform. Now, that being said, he probably deals with it because he sees him and her as a team, right? He sees James and Raquel. We are a team. And he probably deals with it because if she goes to work at Sir, it helps him kind of get back into the group because he's really like on the outs with the group after season seven. I, in my opinion, I think she has other plans. Okay. I think this is when the other plans are starting to maybe unfold in her mind. I think that at this point, you know, she's sort of trying to establish herself a little bit more independent so that she's not necessarily tied down to James forever. Now, do I think that that means that she doesn't love James at this point and that she, you know, doesn't want to be with him or see a future with him? Not necessarily, but she may know that this isn't the most steady relationship and it's good to have, you know, a backup plan. So where was I? Okay. The other thing that I thought was odd was that she said that she was going to volunteer at Vanderpump Dogs and, you know, was looking for a job and then took a volunteering role and then didn't end up doing it. So anyways, it seems like she's not using her degree, (laughs) but just kind of doing things to get on camera. Vanderpump Dogs, Sir, whatever. I think, I feel like I remember somebody making a comment on the show about, you know, she didn't like picking up dog poop or something like that. Anyways, Okay, so episode six and seven, we have Pride episode. Um, there always see something always goes down at the Pride uh, celebrations at Sir, and James is DJing, and Raquel wants to see his set. So this kind of goes on for like episode six and seven, and she she knows that she's working at Sir that day for Pride, but she admits she doesn't really know when her shift starts, which. Uh, Okay, I don't know why you don't know when your shift starts. But anyways, she misses his whole set, um, but not because she's at work, because she's in the parade. That is actually said. James is texting her. He loses it. He sends her all these mean texts. And Raquel says to him, well, I didn't know what time your set started. Meanwhile, we find out that she's missing her shift at Sir, which is weird. Later on, she gets in trouble at work, and when her and James discuss this at home, she says, well, if I hadn't been there for you, you would have spiraled and started drinking. James agrees, but then he gives her a hard time about missing her shift because he said, you know, you have to be responsible. I don't want you to get fired. It's hard for me to figure out the timeline here, but something is off. 
If she was working, why would she have expected to be at his set? Why didn't she know, like, when his set starts and ends and when her shift starts, etc.? If she was working, you know, how is she going to be in two places? And again, she said she was in the parade, like, having fun, whatever, and James was mad about that. So, now, there is the possibility that she went to comfort him after and that's why she was late for her shift. So there's that possibility. Okay, so we'll note that. But I do think it's a bit strange and it almost seems like we're missing a little bit of the story or the timeline or they didn't fully give it to us. But it does overall seem like she was kind of doing her thing, whatever. Anyways, so in the same episode, Raquel is invited to Peter's birthday and James is not. So here we go. The number three time that James is not invited to a staff event, or sorry, I should say a cast event that's going to be filmed and Raquel still wants to go. Okay, this is time number three. So Raquel obviously wants to go. And in this case, James does not want her to. And he says that and it's clear as day. He wants her to stand by him, which is what he tells her. She claims, you know, she kind of gives in and she's like, okay, okay, I won't go. I won't go. Right. And James calls her out and he's, he looks pretty upset. And he says, if I said it's okay for you to go, you would go. Right. Kind of like that. It's sort of like he's saying to her, I want you to not want to go. Like, I want you to not want to go and want to stay with your boyfriend instead and stand by him. But you're only staying because if you don't stay, you know, I'll be mad at you. And that it, and he is 100% right. Okay, I have to take his side on this. He acted like a jerk when he texted her and all that. But in this case, he's right. She, if he said it was okay to go, she would 100% go. You can totally tell in the scene. Go back and rewatch it, okay? Season 8, episode 7. They're standing in his kitchen talking about this. Anyways, she doesn't end up going because James throws such a fit about it. But again, she's fine going without him. Clearly doesn't feel that loyalty to her boyfriend. Um, nor does it seem like she's that empathetic to how upset he is about being left out, if we're being honest. And during this, I think it's the same episode, but Raquel and Lala make up at lunch and Raquel says to her that she's hurt, that Lala had called her dumb or stupid. And she says, I just thought this was kind of funny and ironic. She says, it's one thing to question my character, but not my intelligence. Okay. It's one thing to question my character, but not my intelligence. Oh, okay. Okay. Sure. I mean, I think it's mean to question both things to someone's face. But I almost think it's less mean to question intelligence over character. I don't know. Because I feel like your character is like, that's your morals, your values, what you stand for. Some people like, you know, you can't help being dumb. Anyways, so Raquel is annoyed as well this this episode around here because Logan told Lala that James was getting drunk at a party in the hills and he's James is supposed to be sober. Raquel basically says to Lala, Logan is a bad friend 
And Lala's like, what? He's not a bad friend. He's covered for James for years, like all the rumors that they were together. And Raquel just replies, no, he made that all up. He's a liar. So again, just doing whatever she needs to do to maintain her presence on this show, even if it means staying in a miserable relationship with someone who she clearly doesn't even seem to like that much. I mean, she might love him, but it doesn't seem like she likes him that much. And that's the thing about the two of them. So not to, I'm not trying to quote Katie, but that is kind of what it seems like a lot of the time. And they kind of get into it, Raquel and Lala. But then the night is over and later that episode, I think it's the same episode, but or in season eight, Katie calls and invites Raquel to her girl's night. And she's really kind to her about it. And Raquel is really excited. So just again, on a different note, Katie being nice to Raquel and Katie including Raquel in girls' nights and girls' events. Even though Raquel's boyfriend has called Katie fat and said these other rude things and, you know, Raquel hasn't really stood up for her or said anything to James about it besides stop drinking, you're embarrassing me, right? That kind of thing. So I just want to give Katie some credit, um, especially considering what Raquel did to Katie this season. Katie's never done anything to Raquel to deserve that. At the girls' night, Lala hears that Raquel's been kind of bragging about how she told Lala to shut the F up and Lala confronts her at girls' night. And this is where she tells Raquel that she needs to stay in her place. And, you know, there's clearly this divide between the girls who made it on the show on their own and the girls who did it via dating someone like Raquel, right? Like the newer girls, okay? And they really get into it. And Lala really looks like the villain. And it's so easy. Like looking back on it, I totally see why the whole audience was like, Lala. Because when you look at it, it's just like, Lala's trying to exert dominance. She's trying to be like head bitch in charge. She's, it really looks like she's bullying Raquel because Raquel's so like soft spoken and so timid. And Raquel just seems so, um, she just, she seems like that innocent fawn. She just really does, right? She's the Bambi. And, and you know, Lala comes off as this like, tiger, right? So it is really easy to see that. But if you really think about it, like Raquel was bragging and saying that, you know, I told Lala to F off or whatever. And she was kind of trying to big herself up. And if Raquel had communicated that in a more like aggressive kind of Lala-ish way, it really wouldn't seem as much like a bullying situation. It would seem just like two girls getting into it on a reality show. Again, I'm not saying Lala's innocent because Lala was completely unhinged in that scene and she really needed to take it down a notch. And she was really, like the way she spoke to her was not necessary. So the next day though, Raquel makes sure to tell James about it on camera. And she kind of almost like has this nervous laugh. It's hard to tell if it's a laugh like, oh, I'm glad I had my own scene where I had my own conflict with someone that wasn't James. It's hard to tell the difference between that and nervous laughter. So that is a tough tell. And then Raquel says in her confessional that things are much better now that James is sober and it's not like before. Their sex is much better, right? And she says, not like before where I was like, is it going to work or is it not? Which 
I feel like that's kind of a rude thing to say about somebody who's dealing with addiction and sober, but anyways. Season eight, we have the virtual reunion, and there's not much that's that important, but she does say, I'm too young and pretty to be putting up with this BS. Everyone cheers, especially Ariana and Tom Sandoval, okay? They are really Raquel's cheerleaders, like really, which just makes this whole current situation even tougher. Now, one thing that I do want to point out, because there is this underlying like competition with Raquel, like I feel like Raquel really makes herself out to be, you know, the the victim to James's villain and the victim to Lala's villain, etc. Right. But there also is like this competition that she kind of wants to be like a tougher girl. She kind of wants to have like a more dominant role in the group. She doesn't always want to be this like Bambi eyed fawn. She wants something different. And, you know, we see it. The first like inkling of it is her kind of when we hear that she's been kind of bragging that she told Lala off and, you know, her also saying like, I'm too young and pretty to be putting up with this BS. Right. It's like this new persona that she's adopted all of a sudden, right? It's like she's got this toughness because the audience really liked her in season eight. She was a fan favorite. I was big into Reddit at this time. I was all over the Housewives Reddit and Vanderpump Rules Reddit. Everyone was like Team Raquel. Everyone was like, James is this evil guy. He's not a good boyfriend. He's, you know, controlling. He's this, he's that. Lala's a bully. Like it was really like team Raquel. She was coming into her her own. And I do think this is the first time that she was like, wow, I, I think I'm making it on my own. So another thing, the season eight secrets revealed, there's a little scene with James and Raquel in his car. And she says that she is now the hottest girl at Sir. Apparently there's a competition maybe just in Raquel's mind, but that matters to her because everything is this kind of pageant competition. In April 2021, keeping in mind that season nine began filming in May 2021. So in April 2021, Sheena gives birth and Raquel confirms this via comments on social media that Sheena had her baby she also seemingly confirms the name. Like, honey, why would you do that? Like, why would you confirm? Like, oh my God. Okay, talk about taking away something special. Anyways, now, do, do I think that was purposely done? I don't think so, but come on. You know, I don't want to say the D word or the S word like James said, but anyways, whatever. So, Let's get into season nine begins filming. Okay, this is my little preamble for season nine because there are a few things that we want to know, some dates that are important. So April 27th, 2021, this is right before season nine began filming and before the engagement, Raquel chops her hair to the shorter bob. You know who loves that haircut? Tom Sandoval. A few seasons back when Ariana first went from long blonde to the short blonde, you know, like bob or long bob, whatever you want to call it. Tom lost his mind. He was obsessed with it. Ariana had a whole confessionable about 
confessionable, confessional about how much Tom loved her new hair. He's all over it. He thinks it's the hottest thing ever. Just saying. A lot of girls do that haircut. A lot of girls cut their hair. I just think it's interesting. The right around season nine, which is when I'm hypothesizing the sort of emotional affair may have started, that Raquel chops her hair. And it's also around the time where Raquel's really kind of coming into her own and sort of establishing more of an independent role on the show. And right around the time when she is a series regular, as opposed to just a recurring or guest. At the same time, Sandoval grows his goatee beard thing, whatever. So they both kind of have this, you know, physical change, like a new identity. Again, I'm really overanalyzing everything, but that's what this podcast is all about. I should have just called it overanalyzing to death. But anyways, hopefully you're here because you like that. So May 2021, Raquel and James get engaged. And just a little quote from bravotv.com. Uh, from Raquel. So she said, without the parties, without the TV shows, without everything that LA life has to offer, we still love hanging out with each other and being with each other every day. So this was kind of, you know, off filming time. And it was like an interview and it was posted on bravotv.com. Clearly, you know, according to Raquel, the relationship was good off camera. You know, it kind of could be a hint towards, you know, did she wait until the show was back on and the pandemic was over to kind of see how things would pan out with her and James? If she'd broken it off during the pandemic, let's say, okay, because I'm having trouble believing this like happy couple all through the pandemic, everything is butterflies and rainbows. Is it possible that if she broke it off during the pandemic, would she have been asked back? I would say no. Yes, she had started to establish herself as more of an independent character on the show who had her storylines outside of James, but not enough. Not enough that if they had broken up during the pandemic, I really don't think Raquel would have been back. Unless, I mean, there's a chance to maybe cover the breakup, but I don't think she had enough to kind of establish herself to be like a lasting character. And that's what she wants. She wants to be a staple character on the show. She wants to be the HBIC. That's what I really think the goal is. We're also going to see the Coachella proposal this season. Sandoval seems to be obsessed with using Coachella to hook girls, apparently. Okay, because we know that's kind of like where him and Ariana first, you know, had this like magical experience, um, which makes it even weirder that he did that whole like Rachella proposal thing. And I read in this article on bravotv.com that Ariana also had a big role in helping with the proposal. So we don't really see that on the show in season nine, but apparently Ariana did do a lot of the stuff behind the scenes to help James with the proposal. So just clock that. So at the beginning of season nine, Lala is crying over her fight with Sheena about the miscarriage topic. And Raquel comforts Lala. And, you know, they've kind of, they're kind of like moving past their issues at this point. And, you know, Lala's had a baby. Sheena's had a baby. So Sheena had a miscarriage and Sheena feels like Lala was not there for her enough. And, you know, Lala really takes this to heart and she's crying. And yes, Raquel does comfort her. And Lala says, thanks for being there. And I really like you. 
That's what Lala says. And she's really nice. And she's also like vulnerable in this moment because she's just been crying. You know, she's had a baby like she's in that vulnerable state. And Raquel, though, has a really weird response to this. She says, I don't need your approval. Like what? I mean, I can understand that that might be something that Raquel might want to say to Lala at some point. But in this context, it's really weird. It's almost like she had that rehearsed in her head. And then (laughs) it's almost like she had a script in her head of what Lala should have said. And then when the script didn't go the way that she thought, she just kind of stuck to her line, even though the other actor didn't stick to their line. (laughs) So it just seems very out of pocket and random, considering that Lala was being like kind and vulnerable in this moment and didn't say anything about like, you have my approval. You are officially in the group. She just said, thanks for being there for me right now. And I like you. Anyways, Lala understandably looks at Raquel very confused. And Raquel expands on this and says, I used to want your approval, but I'm kind of over that. Okay. She's decided she's better than Lala. And the audience likes her and she's the new favorite, which is absolutely accurate at this time. People were not Lala fans season nine. I mean, Lala's always a controversial character who has some like diehard fans, some people who can't stand her. Lala is kind of like out of favor with a lot of the fans, though, because of people feel like she was bullying Raquel in season eight. People feel like you know, she's trying too hard to be like the the leader of the pack and they don't like that. And this is also a big transition period after the pandemic. People are feeling really different about, um, you know, all sorts of social issues. Right. And on top of that, you know, we have Kristen and Stassi fired for what they did to Faith. We have um, Jax being fired because of all his insensitive comments him like questioning Ariana's sexuality and also his just like, you know, he was just like completely unhinged in season eight. But, you know, Lala did not get fired, but she was kind of in with that crew where a lot of that crew got sort of pushed out and she wasn't as much in with the crew that people were liking at this time. And that crew was Raquel, Sandoval, Ariana, right? They were kind of more fan favorites at this time because people saw them as being kind of like less problematic. Ariana has always been like really sensitive to social issues. You know, she's she's up on kind of what's going on in the world. She's she's not tone deaf. You know what I mean? And Sandoval is actually, but he's good at faking that he's not until later this season where he lets it slip a few times. Um, anyways, <laughs> He's also the fact that he's tied to Ariana. I think a lot of people were willing to overlook things because they were like, well, you know, Ariana is like a, you know, a modern woke woman. So if she's with him, then I guess he must have the same kind of beliefs that she does. I do think that people thought that. Anyways, so, you know, Lala's kind of on the bad guys team as far as the audience goes right now. And I think this gives kind of Raquel a inflated sense of ego. And we all know that this is where things can get away from people, especially reality stars, because this can lead people to making big mistakes like the one that we know is coming. Raquel says in her confessional that 
she is still a little bit insecure because of Lala, because she knows that Lala and James slept together, which that's fair. But she says the reason it bugs her, and this is a direct quote, is because Lala's self-esteem is through the roof. Hmm. That's interesting. I've been thinking about that and kind of thinking different ways to interpret it. But what I'm getting from it is that she feels insecure just being around Lala. And it doesn't seem like maybe Lala having slept with James like five years ago or whatever has something to do with it. Because remember, at this time, she doesn't know that they cheated. Okay, she doesn't know that. And at this time, you know, Raquel's with Rand, whatever, right? She has a baby, you know, like she's got her own life. So it's not like Lala's like a threat to her relationship right now in any real way. Like she's really not. But what bothers her is her self-esteem is through the roof. To me, this is kind of a point at, you know, I think Raquel wishes she was as outspoken, as confident in who she is as Lala is. To me, it's also kind of like, she kind of wants to be Lala. And I think she's always kind of wanted to be a little bit of Lala and a little bit of Ariana. You know, she wants to have like Ariana's kind of like easygoing, cool girl vibe. And also like Lala's toughness and I don't care what other people think. And Ariana also is one who often doesn't care what other people think. I think Raquel really envies that. But not just at the point of, oh, I envy that. I wish I could be like that. I'm going to work on it. More like I'm going to imitate it and try to pretend that's me and try to kind of, you know, it's like the difference between wanting, you know, being jealous that somebody has something and actually wanting to take it from them. I feel like Raquel, I hope I'm making sense, but I feel like Raquel wants to take it from them. She wants it for herself. That's kind of the vibe that I think is we see now that we, you know, we have that 2020 hindsight right now that we know what happened. To me, Scandaval is kind of evidence of that. So Raquel's storyline this season is really about the engagement, but also about her still not being comfortable speaking. And one of the interesting things, side note, is that Raquel's storyline about not being able to speak, Sandoval is actually quite involved in it. You know, he's over her shoulder at one point, encouraging her to practice, and then he's also helping James with the proposal. Anyways, just side note. Again, in another scene, Raquel blames Lala and uh, for basically for being around and intimidating her, and she says she's jealous of how important Lala feels. So again, it's all about like the way that Lala feels about herself bothers Raquel. And it's not like, I wish I was like that too. It's her confidence bugs me and I don't like it. Which is funny because just a little while ago in the same season, she's telling Lala, oh, I don't, I used to want your approval, but now I don't want it anymore. So do you care about what Lala thinks or do you not care about what she thinks? It's like she's very threatened by independent, powerful, you know, outspoken women who are comfortable with who they are. I'm not saying Lala's perfect or that she's this like superwoman or anything like that, but I think she's comfortable with who she is as a person. And she's pretty comfortable just being who she is. Same with Ariana. And they're both beautiful. And I do think that the pretty factor matters a lot to Raquel. 
as we saw earlier when she's like, I'm the new hottest girl at Sir. So during the season, you know, a couple other things just to note. Before the proposal, Raquel goes on about how special Coachella is to her and James. And it sounds so similar to the earlier season when Ariana talks about how special Coachella is to her and Tom. And they had this moment at Coachella, etc. And it's really like Raquel's trying to recreate that with James. But the truth is, I just don't think she's that into James at this point. I think her feelings have already started fading. But I think she knows she has to go through with this proposal and this whole thing because cameras are rolling, they're filming, they need a storyline. This is kind of a way for her to secure more longevity on the show. But I do think there's a little bit of, I don't know, single white female happening. And during the season, we also have the whole nose storyline, which is like a whole thing. But basically, she starts crying about her nose during a game night, even though no one brought it up or or mentioned it. Um, But she does start crying about it. No one noticed it. Like, it wasn't like people were like, why is your nose crooked? And it's very, it's very subtle. And that's one of those things, like, my husband's nose is crooked from, like, a sports injury. And it's very slightly crooked. Probably this, probably even a little bit more than Raquel's. And, like, it's not noticeable. Anyways. Um, But she's very concerned with her looks, which I guess that makes sense. And she's like in beauty pageants and all that. But anyways, she does seem really concerned with her looks. James is kind of an asshole about it. You know, he makes the point, though, that he didn't want her to do anything with it in the first place. So I feel like for James, it's kind of like an I told you so moment. Like I told you, you shouldn't have messed with it. Right. And now you're even in deeper and you might have to have another surgery. And right. So Raquel goes to meet with LVP about the plastic surgeon. She completely freaks out telling LVP that James bumped her nose. But if he just bumped it, it's like, why would you be crying and freaking out like this? Which, of course, led to the entire audience. And I remember this happening at the time being actively discussed on social media. Did James hit Raquel? She really makes it seem like she's hiding something the way that she presents it to LVP. She says, like, LVP is like, why are you so upset? Like, what do you have to tell me? Oh, my God. Like, she makes it out like she's going to tell her that someone died or something. But that's not the case. And then when LVP asks, she quickly says no. Like, it's a stern and quick no. And she even says, I didn't want people to jump to conclusions. But it's very suspicious the way she set up the scene. Like, I don't know why she would set it up like that. And then it also comes out later that their families were there, Raquel's family and James's family, and everyone witnessed it. And that, you know, James's mom made a comment like, oh, wow, it looks like your nose is touching your cheek. I'm like, oh, my God. So clearly, you know, people were there. People witnessed it, including Raquel's family. So we know that he didn't hit her. You know, we, you know, I hope. Oh, my God, I hope. Uh, but we do know that if there's anyone who I can imagine, like, coming in for a sporadic, like, kind of, like, kiss, it, it's James Kennedy, to be honest. I could see him getting all excited. I could also see her, rightfully so, being pissed that he wasn't more careful. And then later, the doctor confirms that the the crookedness of it is from the surgery and not from a bump or a hit. So, you know, and I remember James is so relieved by that too, right? But so that just kind of annoys me even more. Like, why would she set up the scene like that? I really hope that it was accidental. And I really, 
am trying to give the benefit of the doubt despite everything she's she's done. I really hope that she is just nervous because she's so insecure about the nose because that's an effed up thing to do. But what made me even put this in the podcast today and mention it is she made up the thing about Sheena hitting her and didn't show up for the court appearance. So it's like, God, you know, someone shows you who they are and you're supposed to believe them, right? So just the fact that she's willing to lie about stuff like this, it just made me kind of raise my eyebrow at that scene. Now, in this season as well, we see Raquel often like leaving events because of James's temper. It does seem like it's a big turnoff for her. So, you know, it's not like they have like the most steady, wonderful relationship in the season where they also get engaged. You know, James has his issue with the penis straws. It does seem to be more about appearances. Like he he keeps saying he thinks it's cheesy and tacky. I do think that he cares a lot about appearances. I think he wants like, you know, there's a reason that James wants like a beautiful beauty pageant type of girlfriend. Right. I think he wants to be viewed a certain way. And I think he sees his girlfriend as a reflection of him, certainly. And I think he wants Raquel to be viewed as like the innocent, classic, classy, sorry, perfect girl. Now, Raquel kind of presents it like it's a controlling thing, which I do think is true. But he does really get painted with kind of this brush this season of like controlling, bumped my nose, right? And, you know, I do think it's a little bit manipulative for it to come off that way. Now, I'm not fully blaming her because I think that's partly editing and just the show in general. And it's also James's fault because, you know, he needs to get better control of himself and especially the way that he says things. Because, you know, a lot of the scenes where he's talking about like, oh, if your nose is messed up, I, I'm the one who has to look at you. Like he says all these just unnecessary things that you should never say to someone, especially a woman. And, you know, like Ariana says, being the voice of reason, as she often is, it's her body, it's her face, right? So continuing on, Lala and Sandoval kind of get involved in this penis straw storyline and later in the season, which I think is probably around when there started to be a more strong emotional affair between Sandoval and Raquel, Sandoval does seem pretty annoyed that, you know, James has a problem with the penis straws. And he says to Lala... So in this scene, Sandoval and Lala are getting their makeup done for the Give Them Lala um, like makeup event party. And while they're getting ready, Lala tells Sandoval about the, uh, the penis straw thing. And Sandoval's like, oh, come on, dude. Like, we know he loves the word dude. And he's like, oh, you know, kind of like, oh, that's so controlling, like something like that. And funnily enough, someone pulled up a picture from that exact same night of the uh, Give Them Lala makeup night. And you know it's from that night because Raquel is obviously wearing the dress that she was filming and it was posted in regards to that. And in the picture, let me just pull it up. Okay. So there's a Give Them Lala Beauty mirror, right? It's like a big mirror and it says Give Them Lala Beauty on it. And Raquel posted this to her Instagram story. And it's her and she's wearing this like tight orange dress, like coral maybe. And she's putting on the uh, lip gloss. And Sandoval is standing right up with his body up against hers, right kind of behind her over her shoulder. And they're kind of looking at each other in the mirror, like glaring. And she posted this on her story and tagged at Sandoval. 
And you know why she could get away with this? Because Ariana would not think anything into that. Ariana would say, oh yeah, they were just like taking a picture to promote Lala's makeup. Just like being supportive friends. Because, you know, Ariana was always trying to be the cool girlfriend. You know, it didn't seem like she was the jealous type. I don't know if maybe inside or behind closed doors she was, but she didn't really show it on the show. So anyways, just something to keep in mind. That season nine, before the engagement is called off, okay, they have this intimate picture of the two of them. She can't help but post it. And it looks, it just looks, it's like oozes sexual tension. It really does. So continuing on that season, we are at Tom and Ariana have like their games night party. And James is really annoyed because he's the only sober one. And during the drinking game, everyone's like being super annoying and what, I mean, you know, they're just being drunk and having fun. And James says as a joke, like, oh, I know you two are too dumb to come up with any answers. Referencing Raquel and Charlie, who keep, I guess, not getting the answers. Raquel gets offended. She gets up and she walks away. She's pretty drunk. The next morning, it's kind of clear how much she's been drinking. But Ariana supports her. And she says, you know, you need to speak up to James about the fact that he was being a baby at game night. And... I know Raquel has a thing about being called dumb and being called stupid, which is completely fair. Um, you know, do I think James was saying it in like a joking manner? He was, but at the same time, he still shouldn't have said it. But that being said, you know, it's kind of a chance for her to keep extending on this storyline and continue making James sort of the villain, which gives her an easy out later. Okay, so we've got like the... The, she's planted the seed of doubt in everyone's head about the nose knock, right? We've got, you know, the idea of him being quote unquote controlling because she can't have penis straws at her bachelorette party, which sounds so ludicrous when I say it out loud. And now we've also got him calling her, and it wasn't just her, but her and Charlie dumb at the games party. So, you know, a picture has been painted. So if she breaks up with James, which we know she will, James is not going to come off looking like the victim, okay? She is. And that's what she wants. Because that's the only way she's staying on this show without him. Later on, at the end of the season... Oh yeah, so episode 11 of season 9. This is just another side note, because apparently I'm all about analyzing hair and makeup today. Ariana does her hair for her birthday, and it's the exact... I just thought this was so funny. It is the exact same hair that Raquel does in season 10, episode one. So it's like end of season nine. Uh, Ariana does the like retro flip out at the bottom, you know, long bob hair. She even gets Sandoval to help her style it. And then... Nine is over, 10 begins. First episode, Raquel shows up to the party on the first episode with that hair flipped out, and it looks ridiculous. Ariana, and I'm not just saying this because I'm like Team Ariana, I'm actually saying this because Ariana did pull it off properly because she tied it kind of half up, half down, so it wasn't so extreme and it didn't look too retro. It had like a little bit of modern edge to it and Raquel's just left Raquel just left hers all down and she flipped it way too much and plus just with like the flared kind of I think they were like a, almost like a bell-bottom flared pants it was just too much whereas like Ariana was wearing like a more modern cool black dress to kind of juxtapose it 
And Raquel, she didn't really do that. She had, like, a full retro outfit on. So it kind of looked like she was in, like, a costume from, you know, like, the live-action Scooby-Doo movie or something. So I remember seeing a tweet about it where someone was like, oh, she really thought she ate in that. And it's just like, oh, it's bad. So just another, you know, little single white female moment. At the uh, Schwartz and Sandy's progress party at the end of season nine, James ends up getting into it with Brock, which, by the way, I was totally team James because Brock was so annoying that season. But Ariana actually calls Raquel to check on her. So just another moment of Ariana being a really good friend to Raquel in case we needed any more evidence. Then we get to the season nine reunion. In the season nine reunion, James and Raquel announce that they are calling off their engagement. Raquel seems really upset about it. She does. And so does James. She has one crying moment, but it's clear she ended it. And it's just, it's really clear she wasn't feeling it. It's clear she fell out of love. She brings up the fact that they haven't had sex in like two years, ever since he sent her like these mean rage texts, which is strange because in her confessional earlier in the season, she said that the sex was way better now that he was sober and, you know, maybe caught in a lie there. People did point that out. I saw there was like a TikTok about it and on social media. So just something to keep in mind. She also says she was having nightmares about their wedding day. She says she wants to go back to working with kids with special needs, but she doesn't actually commit to leaving. However, Andy and I would say the rest of the audience, we just kind of assumed because of how she presents it, which is fair. Okay, because we can't read people's minds. We can only take from the words that come out of their mouth. So she doesn't really commit to anything. She does say she still doesn't have her master's. James is questioned about when he thought Raquel would leave him and how he said, oh, I think Raquel would leave me if I lost my looks. He doubles down on this when Andy asks him about this. And he does eventually uh, say, yeah, I think she would leave me if I lost my looks eventually because he's trying to defend himself against the whole nose job thing. And he doubles down and he said, well, she already did. So so it is clear that she left him. Because they do kind of imply that it was mutual, but it's clear that that she's the one who broke it off and that James is, is heartbroken. Raquel says she's her plans are to move in with her sister. James said, you know, another obstacle in the relationship was her family. So back to the family thing. He says that they hated him. He says that her dad was verbally abusive. Now, I think James gets kind of accused of being verbally abusive a lot because he is. But that doesn't mean that somebody else can't also be verbally abusive. They don't cancel each other out. So they do show some flashbacks that are a little bit intense, like Raquel's dad saying he's going to dig a shallow grave for James. And it doesn't really sound that much like a joke. And LVP is kind of like, ah, you know. Anyways, he says he doesn't want his daughter marrying an alcoholic. Apparently he drank, not James, but Raquel's dad, drank an entire bottle of wine and then started going off on James for wearing, like, hike, for not wearing these hiking boots that he got them, that he got him. So it doesn't really sound like Raquel's dad is the most stable. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways. So it seems like James also 
put up with stuff from Raquel's family. And again, the only reason I'm bringing this up is like, I'm not here to try and paint James Kennedy to be some angel or anything like that. I'm just here to say that we were generally fed a narrative that I think painted James villain, Raquel, innocent victim. And the truth is in the middle. James had faults and lots of wrongs, but so did Raquel. And we never really talked about those but now they're kind of being talked about because now we have kind of definitive proof that there's another side to her. So at the end of the reunion, Andy literally says to Raquel, we think you're such an amazing person and now you're going to work with kids with special needs. The reunion ends. Raquel's dad picks her up and they film this and they show it. And, you know, he kind of like gives her a hug, like everything's okay. And he says... Tomorrow will be a good day and we can put all of this behind us. Okay. Cause tomorrow she's meant to pack up all her stuff and move out of um, the apartment that her and James share. They drive away and her dad even like waves behind the camera out the window. She does not look happy. Now at the time when I watched this, I chalked it up to, well, her engagement's breaking up, but now I'm looking at it quite different. And I think that she's sad because she doesn't want to leave the show. I think her entire family wants her to leave the show. They didn't like James and they really believe that the only reason she was still doing this whole LA thing was because of James. And that's why her dad was like, tomorrow you're going to move your stuff out. And this whole Vanderpump rules LA adventure, you've got it out of your system. You're going to move back home with us, move in with your sister and go back to having a normal life, get a normal job, and meet a nice boy. I really think that that's what her family thought. Because the fact that he said, we can put all this behind us, that's what that tells me. But if you look at Raquel's face when he says that, that face is like, I don't want to leave this. I like this. Now we're going to fast forward to January 2022. <laughs> which I know is really random. So the December reunion, so the season nine reunion was filmed December, 2021. And now we are going to fast forward to January, 2022. Now in January, 2022, Raquel posts, and by the way, this is about, it's about six or seven months before the affair with Sandoval started. Now I think it was already started that's my hypothesis. I do not think that it started in August of 2022. I think it started earlier. I don't know in what capacity it could have been a emotional affair only. It could have been like just like, you know, a random hookup here and there that eventually turned into like this full on love affair. I don't know. But something was going on. I'll tell you that. I feel confident. I don't know as a fact. I'm just saying that's what my gut tells me. Anyways, in January 22, 2022, Raquel posts a Instagram post to say happy birthday to Katie. And she posts this, but they're not friends, guys. Just a heads up to all those people who are like, yeah, but it's okay that Raquel wants to make out with Schwartz because Katie and Raquel aren't friends. They're not friends. Okay. I don't usually post like birthday pictures about people who I'm not friends with. Just saying. Anyways. She posts a birthday pic of her and Katie. One thing that really bugs me about it is that it's not a good picture of Katie. Katie handles it 
amazingly. Katie handles it like a boss. <laughs> She's like, she even says she makes like a funny post and she posts it. I can't, I think it was in her Instagram story. And Katie's like, listen, I know this is not a good picture of me and that I have like eight chins. I think eight chins is what she said, um, which is a fantastic response. And she says, but I'm comfortable with who I am, with my body image, my confidence. Like that is a real grown, mature, confident woman. She doesn't get mad at Raquel and be like, oh my God, guys, can you believe Raquel would post this picture of me? Because all these people were trolling Raquel. Like, oh my God, Raquel is that girl that will post a picture that she looks hot in and that you look like shit in for your birthday. You know, another person who does that often, Melissa Gorga. <laughs> like she'll post pictures of other cast members for their birthday where like she's in the middle and looks amazing and they're like off in the background. So, you know, people are like, oh, Raquel is one of those girls. And like, we all know those girls. They can be really annoying, right? So I get why people on social media were kind of eating Raquel up about that. But Katie handled it so well. And then everyone just kind of forgot about it. But I just want you to keep that in mind. Because to me, that kind of paints a little bit of a picture of a girl who maybe, you know, with that combined with all the other stuff we know, maybe not the biggest girl's girl. So in August 2022... We know that filming has begun, I believe filming begun, actually, was it July or August? Okay, so filming begins in July 2022, season 10 filming. And, you know, it seems like it's going to be an exciting season. A lot of people are like, oh, the Scandaval saved the show, da-da-da. Let's not rewrite history because the season actually was doing pretty well um, before we knew about Scandaval because there were some, you know, exciting things going on. Lala was getting divorced. Katie was getting divorced. The whole Schwartz and Sandy's train wreck. You know, Raquel was like going to be like single and living it up. We knew that Raquel was going to kiss Schwartz. We knew she was going to kiss Oliver. Like there was a lot of stuff happening. So I actually still think it would have been a pretty good season. It wouldn't have been what it is. I fully admit that it wouldn't have had the highest ratings by far, you know, beating out Beverly Hills last season. No, it would not have had that, but it still would have done really well. Like I remember reading the ratings for one of the first few episodes before Scandaval hit and they were still way up there. Like they were, they were doing well, they were doing fine, not amazing, but pretty good. So one thing I want to go over before we get into the most recent season is at some point, and I believe it is September 2022. In September 2022, Raquel goes on Sheena's podcast. And there's some interesting nuggets in here. Um, another thing I want to note is Raquel has a birthday bash in September 2022. And, you know, that's where we know she goes glamping with Sheena Ariana, Tom, Tom, and Brock. It's funny because the year before this, Raquel's birthday the year before, she actually spent it alone with Sheena and Ariana. So it's kind of funny that now, you know, she's going like with Sheena and Ariana and the guys and without James and, you know, it's like things have changed, right? So in 2022, Raquel goes on Sheena's podcast and important note, Raquel asked to go on. So she was not invited by Sheena. She asked to go on. So a little bit thirsty there, as we know. 
And this is like, you know, this is kind of like her season. This is going to be her first season where she's on the show free of James. Her plan has actually come into fruition in that she's dropped the dead weight. I'm not saying that James is dead weight. I'm just saying that's how she sees him. She's got out of the relationship that I don't think she wanted to be in for a really long time. She's got a lot of fans. She's got a lot of the audience on her side. Most of the audience. People are even out here defending her making out with Schwartz before they knew about Scandaval. Tons of people. Not me. Okay. I have my Instagram story from before Scandaval broke where I wrote a whole paragraph warning everyone that there was something off about this girl and not to trust her. Because anyone who's making out with someone's ex-husband, right, when that person tells you they're not comfortable with it, and when you're in the same friend group and they're a coworker, that's messed up. Even if you're not friends with the person, they're coworkers. I know we don't like to think of it like that because we don't like to break the fourth wall, but they are coworkers. If someone in my office or someone I worked with, if I got divorced like tomorrow and then one of those people like made out with my husband a few weeks later or even a few months later and I had to work with them and see them every day, no. And a lot of the people out there who defended it, they wouldn't be cool with it either. They're just defending it because they hated Katie. Anyways. So Raquel goes on the podcast. She's trying to establish herself. While she's on the podcast in uh, 2022, she says she's moving into Brock and Sheena's. She says 100% James never physically assaulted her. She insists. She says the nose bump was from a kiss. Okay. She says she started seeing a therapist for her codependency issues. I think she maybe needs to get a new one. She makes a list of things that she wants in her next relationship, character traits that she wants in a guy. I'm not going to list them all, but obviously she thinks Sandoval has them all because she's already sleeping with him at this point. I don't agree that he has these, but anyways, she does say that one thing she wants in her next relationship that's really important to her is trust. And it's funny though, because she doesn't, it's not about like that she can trust them. She says, James told a producer during confessionals at one point when they were together that he didn't trust her, which is funny because that was not what I was, what I was expecting. Now, I don't think that she trusted him, obviously, because he cheated on her like a million times, but it's funny because we didn't hear as much about him not trusting her. So just, you know just file it away in your little file in your brain. She again says she plans to get her master's degree. So it's like, again with this. Claims she's looking at applying, but she missed the deadline for the upcoming year. Well, of course, she's busy sleeping with Sandoval at this point. And she's working at Sir. She does mention that she's working at Sir, but she says it's a lot of work. (laughs) Well, yes, true. She says it's a lot of work. She doesn't want to wait tables. She doesn't want to learn the new menu. And basically she told them, don't schedule me after the holidays, which is, you know, after the holidays is kind of like after filming wrapped. So I really think that she was like, yeah, I'll keep working here while we're filming. But once that's done, like I'm good Um, because I do really believe that Raquel thought at this point that she would finish up filming. Um, Sandoval would break up with Ariana 
and then her and him could announce that they were together at the reunion, and then she doesn't need to work at Sir in order to have a place on the show anymore. That's what I think. The breakup she talks about, she says everyone was shocked. They broke up the night before the reunion. It's literally the night before the reunion, which is crazy. But, I mean, I think she thinks just like Sandoval. I think he would have broken up with Ariana kind of right before the reunion too, probably. Actually, he was probably smart enough. Like, he's he's a little bit more conniving. I feel like he would have done it a little bit sooner to give some more, a little bit of time uh, for processing so that he didn't have to be, like, such a bad guy at the reunion. But she says when she heard, and this is interesting, when she heard that Lala and Rand broke up, she was envious that Lala would be fine without him. So again, we have the kind of jealousy or envy of Lala. We have that whole idea of like, you know, she sees Lala as like this independent woman. And I do think this is kind of like a hint because, yeah, she broke up with James, but she jumped right to Sandoval, whereas Lala's doing the single life. So's Katie. Right. And I don't think that Raquel has enough security in herself to do that. Raquel says as well in the podcast that she knew her heart wasn't in it. She said James was insecure. She had to reassure him all the time. Um, you know, she says that they had dinner with uh, her dad. James acted poorly. Her family hated him. So all the stuff that we kind of already know. They were watching the season back and apparently James looked at Raquel and said, why can't he have a fun storyline? And Raquel responded, well, you have control over your actions. And then the breakup talk spiraled from there. She also said a piece of her would die whenever he treated somebody badly, which I don't know. That's like really dramatic. But anyways, I mean, you started dating a guy who was already on a reality show who is dating Kristen Doty, the possible most, possibly one of the most dysfunctional people at the time. I do think Kristen has gotten a bit better. It sounds like she's gone to therapy and gotten some help, but like she was really dysfunctional at that time. Like look at their relationship. Like she punched him in the face on camera. Not to mention the brawl he got into with Sandoval at the bar. Like it's, he was just so out to lunch on that show and that's why he was successful on it, too. Like, yeah, he totally dated Kristen to get on the show, but he established himself pretty fast. And he admitted it, too. That's the thing. I at least kind of respect that James was like, yeah, it worked. I got on the show. And he even said, oh, and if I hadn't, I would have got on the show anyways because I was moving in with Tom Sandoval. Okay, cool. If Raquel had just admitted that, I think I'd have a little bit more respect. Anyways, she knew she was getting into it with this guy who was out of control. She has to take some responsibility. She can't just play this innocent, like a piece of meat dies whenever he treats someone badly. Like, what did you think going into it? Did you think that he was going to be on Vanderpump Rules and you were going to star with him and he was going to act like a perfect, well-composed gentleman the whole time? He would have been fired. He wouldn't have maintained his spot because he wasn't like one of the other characters who had maintained their who was like one of the originals, he had to bring drama. He had to bring good storylines. And he does have real authentic storylines, like his alcoholism, his anger problems, his family, which is like messed up. He did have all of that. 
But still, if he had just always acted like reasonable, normal, you know, straight-laced James, that's not what people were looking for. She knew who she was getting, and, you know, you can't have it both ways. You just can't. She also said that he asked her for another chance, and she said no. She said, though, he was calm, he listened, he didn't get angry or loud at all when she said no or when they broke up. And she says our very favorite line at the end that she's learning to create boundaries, which we know she learned from Sandoval, and she's learning to enforce those boundaries. So, yeah, the affair with Sandoval is definitely underway at this point, as we know. Now, we can fast forward a little bit here to BravoCon. I don't want to go too much into what we know on season 10 because we're all watching that now. The red flags are obvious. But I want to talk about some of the non-show things. So in October 2022, at a panel, a Vanderpump Rules panel, Raquel was asked about her relationship status. She said, I'm single. I'm living life. She was asked about Schwartz. And she said, I think he's cute. I feel like we have a little flirty, friendly connection that's lighthearted and fun. She told this to a media outlet. She said he's a very sweet guy, obviously, and easy to talk to. It's just very nice having a friend in my corner. When she was asked if her and Schwartz might have something in the future, she said, it's unknown at the moment. I mean, it was definitely known since August because she was already sleeping with Sandoval at this point. And when she asked why she wore the Tom Tom sweatshirt, she said, I also wore it to support both, and she puts kind of emphasis on both, both of the Toms and encourage people to stop by their booth to check out the rest of the cute merch. I really enjoy supporting my friends and being comfy at the same time. She also added the hashtags sue me and number one Tom Stan. And then later that month in October, Tom Sandoval dresses up as Raquel in the sweatshirt for Halloween. So funny, Sandoval. So I think it's really interesting that she made sure to say both Toms. I also think it's interesting that she's going out of her way to support their booth and their merch when, you know, according to the outside world, her and Schwartz are not even really dating. And she just said, we have a friendly flirtation, basically. Yet she's really playing girlfriend role. Going to the booth and doing all that stuff and promoting their merch, that's girlfriend role. Okay, that's not like random female friend role. So I don't know. It's it's strange, obviously. And now we know why, right? So in November, November 2nd of 2022, Schwartz and Sandy's open, opens. And Ariana and Raquel attend. They share a lot of pictures on social media. Soon after they attend together on another random night, they take lots of pics of each other eating the food. Ariana says she's obsessed. It's her favorite place to eat in LA, right? They share all this on social media. So it's quite obvious that not only was Raquel like carrying on this affair, she's going there and alone with Ariana and her and Ariana are hanging out as friends going there this whole time. And yeah, we know that watching the show, but it is just different when you see it documented on social media. It's almost like it just really breaks that fourth wall. Then we know that in December 2022, Raquel is at Tom's show, front row, taking pics, dancing, which I actually think made people kind of less suspicious because it was like so blatant. Now, winter 2023, season 10 is airing. 
right? It began airing on February 8th. And on February 14th, this is apparently the day that Tom claims to have broken up with Ariana, but Raquel spent Valentine's Day with Tom, Tom, and Ariana at Schwartz and Sandy's, as documented on her social media stories. So clearly he did not try to break up with Ariana on Valentine's Day. And again, it's him trying to paint this picture. And I don't know why he would choose Valentine's Day of all days to lie about. Like, come on, you know there's a social media trail on Valentine's Day, Tom. Like, really? Can we use our brains here? So Raquel and her relationship status with Tom Schwartz. So this is what she said in February. So I just want to tell you, this is what she said in February before she was busted, still trying to kind of, you know, maintain this storyline. And she says, as far as a romantic thing, it was more his decision to not pursue that. I think Katie had a big reasoning as to why. But I respect his decision, and I gained a really good friendship out of it. Interesting. So, basically, if it wasn't for Schwartz, I would have been down, which we know is a lie, because she was already messing with Sandoval. And on top of that, she has to bring Katie into it. So thank you. Feed more of the narrative out there at this time, because this is when people were a lot of people, not all Vanderpump Rules fans, but a lot were hating on Katie, saying that she's, you know, just being her usual, like, you know, negative, mean girl, not letting Tom Schwartz live his life and blah, blah, blah. Right. So here she goes feeding into it again. Meanwhile, at this point, she is in a full on love affair with Sandoval. She's with him and his girlfriend, Ariana, on freaking Valentine's Day. And she really has no scruples about, you know, let me just throw Katie to the wolves. And this is what I mean. This is why I was talking earlier about James and Lala being her villains. Because girls like this, you got to watch out for this, these type of people. Okay, the people and guys can do this too. It doesn't matter. Any, any gender, anyone can do this. People who try to make themselves look innocent, not independently, but up against someone else. If you have to use someone else to prove how good you are in comparison, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, we all do that sometimes. We all compare ourselves to others. We all contrast ourselves with others. But when someone is doing it all the time and it's a pattern, that's when it's a problem. And she's willing to do it to whoever she needs to do it to. James, Lala, Katie. That I don't like. So one thing I did hear about, one kind of last thing I want to talk about is sort of post-Scandaval. So post-Scandaval, obviously there's been so much talk about everything going on, you know, and we're all really watching the show with like a different lens. But a few things that I just want to add into my repertoire of my analysis of Raquel. While she's doing all this, she calls James in season 10 a man-child, says he has mommy issues, and that Allie looks like his mom. That sounds pretty mean girl to me, but anyways. Yet there were still so many people defending her out there and saying she was a victim. You know, she approaches James with, like, I know you're drinking again. I'm concerned. All offended by him saying uh, Allie's the love of his life. Honestly, 
saying she wants to make sure he's okay. It's just the gall of this woman. He has Allie now. He doesn't need you. And her whole thing about giving Allie advice and, and trying to tell Allie to like be tough and stand up to James and, you know, blow shit up and all this stuff that she says, it's really condescending and demeaning to Allie. How do you know who Allie is? How do you know she's, you know, she sort of says like, oh, I I'm sure she's a very sweet girl and I hope she doesn't suffer from low self-esteem like I did. It kind of sounds like she hopes that she does have low self-esteem. She doesn't know Allie. How do you know Allie's sweet? How do you know maybe Allie is the alpha in the relationship, right? Maybe Allie does run the show. And as we've learned, Allie is not afraid to speak up for herself. She has a strong voice and a strong presence. She will say when she's bothered, she will walk away. She will tell James off. But, you know, I think Raquel had made this whole narrative up in her head that, and, and, I'm not even really blaming her for that because I did that too. Like we all saw Allie and when you look at Allie, she's so like, she looks so young and innocent and like, you know, she's just like this like petite, pretty girl. And you look at her and you're like, okay, we got another Raquel on our hands. I mean, we couldn't be more wrong. I admit I was, I called that one wrong. Okay. And I'm usually like a pretty good judge of character when it comes to these reality TV stars, but I totally misjudged Allie. I'm not saying Allie's perfect or I know her. I don't. But she's certainly just not like Raquel. But, you know, it's like Raquel comes in with this cock of the walk attitude on the first episode, like going right up to Allie, you know, telling like almost like she's going to school her. But has Raquel really paid her dues? Like she's a little too comfortable. She's acting like she's, you know, the new head bitch and, you know, head bitch in charge, as they say on social media. And I don't know, it's just there's something very off-putting about it and knowing that behind the scenes, you know, she's getting all revved up from Sandoval, that's what will drive you crazy, right? Okay, I would also like to point out the whole thing with Katie and Raquel this season because there are still people who are out there being like, oh, you know, Raquel and Katie aren't friends. She doesn't owe her anything. So even if she did make out with Schwartz, I'm on Raquel's side, blah, blah, blah. They were so mean to her on that trip. Okay, let's go back here for a second. Katie was nice to her in all the previous seasons, invited her to things, complimented her and called her pretty, even though Raquel's boyfriend at the time was calling her fat and saying rude things and Raquel was not even correcting him. Then on this season, oh, oh yes. And then she's posting a birthday post of her and Katie. So I guess that was just for clout if they're not really friends. Then on this season, two times in season 10, they're going out for dinner. So twice, Katie, Lala, Raquel going out together. I thought they weren't friends. I don't usually go out for intimate dinners with people who aren't my friends. And then Katie invites her on the girls trip. And Raquel is so excited. And Katie is excited to invite her. So this whole thing about like, you know, they're not friends, etc. It's really just BS. They are friends. I'm sorry. And obviously Katie hates her now, of course. But there, you know, there's Instagram pictures, there's dinners, they're co-workers. Even if they weren't best friends... They still had enough of a relationship that it was disrespectful. And the point is that Raquel came into this season with her goal to gaslight Katie, 
so that she could be the victim and so that once again she can use someone else especially because it wasn't really working with James and he had this new girlfriend who's like really you know comes off as sort of sweet so she had to find a new target and it was killing two birds with one stone because she also had her Schwartz storyline and all that helped to distract from Sandoval. So she really, you know, used Katie in order to fulfill this victim role. And, you know, that's what I was trying to say before. you got to watch out for these people who try to make themselves look good by comparing themselves or juxtaposing themselves to someone else who they try to create as a villain. That doesn't mean that there aren't people who are you know, objectively wrong and right in different situations. But she was really trying to sort of fulfill these archetypal roles where she's kind of like the pretty innocent princess. And, you know, Katie's like the witch who's just out to get her and ruin all the fun, right? And so tonight's episode, I just finished watching... Wow. I'm I'm speechless. But not really. Um <laughs> I'm shocked by the audacity of her and of Tom Sandoval. And you know, this episode tonight this week really just proves everything that I've been talking about this whole episode. I mean, we really saw Raquel rear her ugly head. We are seeing a part of her that she has chosen to cover up. And she'll knock over anyone who's in her way. You know, she went right after Katie tonight over Tom Sandoval, or sorry, Tom Schwartz, who's she's not even interested in. Like, why did she come into that conversation with Katie at the restaurant? Why did she come in so hot? It's insanity. You and Katie do not have anything to talk about. You made out with her ex-husband, who she's separated from, whatever, even though she told you it would hurt her feelings as a friend. And she was very understanding, even when you were honest with her about it, until you actually did it. Then you're lying to Katie's face, saying... It wasn't malicious and Tom Schwartz saying it wasn't malicious. And then we get a nice flashback to remind us that it actually was malicious. They literally talked about it right before they started making out about how Katie didn't like it and et cetera, et cetera. And then she's bringing up things that have nothing to do with her. And this is the most important part, in my opinion, the dogs. Oh, like, why are you trying to take the custody of the dog? Why are you even commenting on this? That is none of your business. Even if she was Tom's official girlfriend, I would still be side-eyeing her. So the fact that she's just secretly having sex with his best friend slash business owner makes it even crazier. That conversation to me was so telling because it was very, like... I'm on the side of the boys and the boys say that you're like this mean witchy woman who's trying to take the dogs away. Like that was how it came off. And that was how she meant it. 
She's really high on this, like, I'm on Team Tom Tom. They're my new besties. I've got, you know, Sheena, Tom, and Tom, and Brock, and I don't need you anymore, and I'm going to figure out a way to get Ariana out of the way, hopefully soon. <laughs> right? So she's really got this plan in her head, and she really sees it as, like, she's the cool girl who the boys all like, and, you know, Lala and Katie and all those other girls are just the miserable, mean girls who want to get in the way of everyone's fun. So, you know, tonight's episode really showed me everything I needed to know about Raquel. I feel like everything I recorded over the last couple days, you know, is just a stamp of approval from tonight's episode. I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm just saying that it's consistent with all the observations that we've all been seeing over the years that we didn't really, you know, we saw them, but we didn't see them, right? We saw them in front of us, but we didn't notice them because there were so many distractions. And let's be honest, Tom and Tom are good at what they do. They're good at gaslighting. They're good at making women look bad and making themselves look good. They're fantastic at it. And they're not as good as it at it now because now we know what Sandoval was up to. And, you know, now we're all seeing everything clear as day with the glasses taken off. Right. And, you know, I see all the little things like tonight with Schwartz saying, oh, the, you know, the sandwich shop is so manageable. And then Sandoval saying that it's small, just these misogynistic, you know, underhanded comments. So. You know, clearly, even if Raquel has a female friend, and this is the note I want to end on, even if she has a female friend who is kind and soft and always supportive of her, even when she does stuff wrong that she should be called out on, like, I'm sorry, I'm team Ariana, but when Ariana was upset about having to choose sides... I understood that in the sense that her grandma died, her dog died. She's having a rough summer. Like she, I think what she was trying to say is she just doesn't have the mental capacity to be a part of the show drama in the group. I, I do think that was what she was saying. And on top of it, clearly, she can sense, you know, we have our women's intuition, right? She can sense that Sandoval is distant from her and, and he's pulling away, right? So... I give her that. But on the other side, what she really should have done is told Raquel that she was wrong. You can still be Raquel's friend and you can still be any girl's friend and tell her, you know what you're doing? It's kind of messed up. Just like Charlie did. Charlie said, how would you feel if I made out with James? Right? It's not like Ariana would have to, you know, start calling Raquel names and flipping tables and cause it. No, she would say it in like a calm, respectful manner, as she does, right? And I hope that she sees this now and realizes she doesn't always have to be a Sheena. You know, a friend to everyone sometimes is a friend to no one. And it's okay to tell your friends when they're doing something wrong. You don't always have to be you know, the exactly neutral person. And sometimes it's important to not be that. It's okay to see what's in front of you. 
And I do blame Sandoval for a lot of that because, like I just said, he is a master at this. Look how long he's gotten away for it. We could all say, oh, it's so obvious. It's so obvious this season. But he's really done a good job getting away with this for 10 years. He's been pulling stuff like this, pulling the wool over a lot of the audience's eyes. Even, like, I was never a fan of him because I just thought he was annoying. But I did believe for a while that he was a good boyfriend to Ariana. Even though all this stuff, even though I totally believed he cheated on Kristen, etc. But again, I just kind of canceled that out because they cheated on each other so much and it was so toxic on both sides that I was like, meh, you know, call it a wash, right? But... Even so, you know, I still saw him as being one of the better guys on the show. And, you know, we could get into that another week, but a lot of that is he got overshadowed by Jax and, you know, and, and, and. But anyways, we got to wrap up. Thanks for listening, everyone. Please follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Bravo and Botox. And if you'd like to support me and the show, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. You can also visit buymeacoffee.com slash bravoandbotox to send your love through some much-needed caffeine. Until next time and our next Bravo paper, bye! <laughs> <laughs>